Stommy West Coast Rap Man, and welcome to my podcast, you bitch. So you want to start recording the podcast, huh? Yeah, that. But what platform are you going to use? So there are a lot of free platforms out there, but those free platforms limit you in what you can do to take your podcast to the next level, giving you that professional quality sound. But if I may give you a little bit of advice. I use Riverside.fm. Now, a lot of top social media influencers and CEOs use Riverside.fm because it allows you to record audio and video clips in high-def 4K resolution. Go to the show notes and click on the link to start your free trial. And once that trial is up, then you just select the subscription package that works best for you. You got to invest in yourself and do it with the best Riverside.fm. Yeah, that. So now you got your podcast recorded, but who's going to host your podcast? Here goes another tip. Use Captivate.fm. Captivate.fm gives you the freedom and flexibility to make podcasting yours. Create and distribute unlimited podcasts. Get advanced analytics, monetize and promote in one simple, easy to use dashboard. Created by podcasters for podcasters with a dashboard that makes running and promoting your show a complete breeze. It's the only podcast host you need with everything you need to share your podcast with the world. Set up your podcast or migrate in seconds. There's no contracts, commitments, and every feature is included from day one with no need to upgrade ever. Reach audiences all over the world with easy Single-click submission to leading directories, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Pods, Amazon, as well as popular listening apps like Overcast, Castro, Podcast Attic, Stitcher, whatever. So, once you get that podcast recorded, upload it, use Captivate.fm to host your podcast and distribute your podcast to all the podcast platforms out there. Click the link in the show notes to start your free trial and then pick what works for you. It's Captivate.fm. Yeah, that. The thoughts, views, and opinions you may hear on this show are just that. My thoughts, my views, my opinions, as well as my guests. So if you don't like them, disagree with them, or whatever the case may be, well, there's a simple solution to all that, and that's just stop listening. However, if you care to partake in the conversation, sit back, turn it up, and enjoy the show. Yeah, that. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Yeah That Podcast hosted by yours truly, West Coast Roberto. How y'all doing out there? I want to thank you all for listening, tuning in, whether you're in your car on the way to work, on the way to school, on the way to the grocery store, or your auntie's house, or if you're just at home listening in your office, if you want to train, if you're traveling, or if you're at the gym doing cardio, whatever the case may be, thank you once again for tuning in to another episode of the Yeah That Podcast hosted by yours truly, West Coast Rob. And uh, first I want to say, bear with me, y'all, if, if my formatting of the show is, you know, kind of changing with with each episode, you know, I'm trying a few things out, seeing what I like, but that's what you got to do in order for you to learn and uh, perfect your craft. You know, you gotta, you gotta try things out. You know what I mean, try new things, try different settings, formats, etc., etc. But we are on episode twenty-five 
oh yeah we are rolling i know for some it's like some experienced podcasters y'all like 25 okay that's 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 fine i mean barely whatever woo woo but as for me i don't give a fuck 25 is a lot man you know starting this starting the podcast never thought i was going to get to this point but uh you know we are uh, at that at that 25 episode mark man it's a it's a it's a milestone right now but uh episode 25 if you haven't listened to the last episode episode 24 i expressed my opinions in regards to you know people you know the great species that we are and how we're extraordinary and amazing and how we can be stupid and dumb at the same time and i also covered and gave my opinion on the joe rogan situation <clears throat> excuse me and you know my thoughts and beliefs on on joe rogan and and that whole you know craziness craziness you know don't condone the n-words and all that stuff condone what he's trying to do in regards to you know have people put their messages out and uh you know whatever that case may be you know don't agree with with the fucking i know he's a comedian but don't agree with the with the stupid comments of like planet of the apes and all that bullshit you know what i mean it's, it's just whatever but if you want to hear my opinion tune in to episode 24 you should also check out episode 23 if you haven't that had my man vernon henderson on there actor comedian um writer and we went over a gang of stuff from what it's like writing like what what are the steps in regards to writing a script what do you do submitting what it's like being a stand-up comedian you know what it's like being on that stage you know how to go about starting an acting career if that's what you're aspiring to be etc etc man two two great episodes so check them out 23 24 and 25 which is today this one you're listening to right now you know it's lover season for those of for those of us or those of you who care out there those of you in relationships you know it's that time of the year where it's like oh that day is approaching where people glorify love and all that first off let me say you should be glorifying your love every day not only for people or the person you are in a relationship with but the love of yourself you should love yourself you know i mean that should be a very very important piece to your life is you know self-love self-worth and all that stuff but you know as you get older like me valentine's day and this little time of the year is kind of like all right okay it's it's more of a a youngsters a young a young folks day or whatever because i you know me i show my love every day to the people I love, you know, my wife, my daughters, and uh, I don't just buy flowers on this day. I, you know what I mean, I do it on on a regular day. You know, go out, be like, oh, grandma, wife, some flowers. So when she comes home, she can walk in. You know what I mean? And she's like, oh, what? Why did why'd you get these? You know, just because. You know, but that's the type of stuff I do. You know what I mean, free game for y'all out there you know what I mean do shit like that on regular days not just the glorified day you know what I mean and not every lady likes chocolates and bears you know I mean maybe if you're in high school middle school a young adult maybe if they're still into that shit cool but don't be typical man go be do your own thing man be unique you know what I'm saying but anyways 
since it's the lover's time of the year, I figured my guest today or the episode today, I'd I'd have something along the lines of couples and, and love and whatever. So today's guest I have is Mr. Sam Tillemans, who is a licensed marriage and family therapist, and he specializes in pornographic addiction and couples healing. Yeah, I uh, I ran or I was introduced to Mr. Tillemans through another podcast I was listening to that he was a, a guest on, and I thought that his area of expertise was unique. I've never heard of anybody um, specializing in pornographic addiction. So, you know, of course, I gave the episode a listen. And as I go, as I go over it during the episode, as you'll you'll find out once you listen or view, if you're watching this on YouTube slash West Coast Rob, um, I, I just go over when I was listening to the episode of him on the other show. I was just, you know, I mean, I had a, a bunch of questions I wanted to to ask him myself. So, you know, it's it's very interesting, and uh, we learn about Sam and how he got introduced into that area of expertise. He gives tips in regards to, um, you know, little techniques he uh, about helping you grow as a couple and et cetera, et cetera, so on and so forth. So, tune into the episode. It's very, very interesting. I guarantee you'll be intrigued. You know, we go over, I go over some uh, experiences that I've had with, with individuals in regards to porn and, and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, tune in, you know, episode 25 with Mr. Sam Tillemans. And uh, I hope you enjoy it. I did. And uh, I'll catch you on the back end. Yeah, that. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Yet At Podcast hosted by yours truly, West Coast Rob. And I'm really looking forward to the guest we have today. I ran up on the guest or was introduced to the guest through a, another podcast that he was guesting on and uh, or appearing on. And uh, the topics that they were talking about, I just found very interesting. And as I was listening to the podcast that you were featured on, I had my questions were just popping up like, oh, I want to ask him this. I want to ask him this. So I had to reach out and get Mr. Tillemans on my podcast. So Sam, if you would, please introduce yourself to the listeners and the viewers out there. Yeah, of course. No, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. All so right. yeah, my name is Sam Tillemans. Like you said, I'm a marriage and family therapist and I work with couples and individuals, specifically those who are struggling with like addiction or infidelity or pornography use. And it affects the relationship. It affects the person who's struggling with it. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm on a, I'm on a mission to help people find freedom and really restore their relationships. Cause I know it's just, it affects so many people out there. Nice. Nice. And before we dive in like straight into it, I like to get to know the, the person, um, I'm talking sure. to first. So a little bit about yourself, like where you're from, how old you are, et cetera. Yeah. Good question. So yeah, I'm from Las Vegas Okay. And I've been here my whole life and I'm 36 years old. I've got a couple of kiddos. I got a six year old and a two year old. All right. And yeah, I've been in Vegas. I'll, I'll be here for the rest of my life. I love it here. Okay. There you go. Well, we're the same age then. 36. You turning 37 oh, this nice. year? 37 this year. Yeah. Hey, all right. 1985 babies. That's what I'm talking yeah, about. That's right. <laughs> all right. All right. So how was, uh, so what was your upbringing? Like just the common everyday normal upbringing or so yeah i'm uh so growing up here in vegas i don't know if you've ever been here or not I have. sometimes i love people, vegas oh, you have it okay yeah so 
you know, the strip is the center of everything, but on the outskirts, mm-hmm. that's just like regular life. So I never, you know, growing up here, you never really go to the strip very often. Well, yeah. I don't anyways. Yeah. Uh, it's not the same as somebody who's coming into town. That's all they want to do. But so for yeah. me, I was kind of on the outskirts a little bit and grew up in a, a home where we were religious. I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Okay. And so that was, has a huge influence on my life, just my belief in God. And um, went to high school here, skateboarded, played basketball. Nice. So yeah, just, I guess it's kind of a standard childhood for many people. Okay, right on, right on. So what drove you to your profession now? Like what, was there anything that was just like, you know what, this is what I want to do. What what drove you into your path? Yeah, that's a good question. So I always liked talking with people. So whenever friends had questions or concerns, they'd, they'd kind of find their way to having conversations with me. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed it. I, you know, gave the best advice that I could at the time without having any tools or training and just kind of ideas and thoughts. And a couple of people asked me, have you ever considered being a counselor? And I thought, no, like I was really interested in, like I said, I grew up skateboarding yeah. and I wanted to be like a skate a skateboard filmer. Yeah. That was my okay. dream when yeah, I was like yeah. 16. Like, I want to be a filmer. <laughs> and so I was doing videography for a while. I was filming weddings for a while. And then I you know, started to listen to people saying, hey, why don't you check this out? So I started to take some classes at school. Mm-hmm. And just I absolutely loved learning more about how the mind works and how emotion influences how we think and decide and, and the decisions that we make as far as behaviors. And when people get stuck, there's reasons why. So I just got fascinated with how the mind works. And then ever since then, I've just been studying and learning and I'm obsessed with finding better ways to help people. And so as far as working with people struggling with addiction, with pornography specifically, I remember being in grad school, having a conversation with a friend. And because I, I I don't personally have this struggle, mm-hmm. but when he was sharing with me that he was in grad school in part to become a therapist so he could overcome his addiction, he said he did everything under the sun. He went to groups. He went to counseling, he did 12-step work, he tried meditation, like he did everything he could possibly think of and he could not figure out how to, how to overcome it. Mm-hmm. And so I remember sitting on the couch there listening to him and thinking like, I'm sure I'm going to see this a lot, not only in the church that I go to, but like so many people struggle with this, just especially because like it's so accessible. Of course. I just remember having the thought, I, I should learn how to treat this because I'm sure I'm going to see it a lot. Yeah. And sure enough, like like literally millions of people struggle with some unwanted behavior, some mm-hmm. addictive type of behavior. And so figuring out the core of why, giving people the tools that they need to really overcome it, it's 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 been such a cool journey. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, my wife, she's uh she's her she has a master's in adolescent mental health. So like mental health Great. is a is a big thing in my household. So it's something that I've learned to love and have been intrigued and in learning more about. So when I, I heard about you and your specialty, I just thought it was like, I've never heard of anybody specializing in that per se of pornography or addiction to pornography. So I thought it was, it was real cool. Thank you. Yeah. I think a lot of people that's, I think that's a, one of the problems is because there aren't like a ton of people who specialize in this specifically and really mm-hmm. niche down in it. So the traditional advice and ideas, like it just, it doesn't work. And so people get discouraged when they go to a counselor and who doesn't, they might be good at other areas, but if they don't know the intricacies of addiction and how to overcome it, then they just leave discouraged and think like, you know, I've, I've met with people who are like, you're my fourth therapist. So like, I hope this works. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, if you don't really specialize in it, there's so many little 
nuances that you just miss. Right. Okay. So according to the, the Florida House of Treatment, there are four levels that contribute to addiction and it's genetics, socioeconomic status, uh, environmental influence, and uh, like a pre-existing condition. Do you agree that those are the like main four or are there more that contribute to addiction? Yeah, it's a great question. Yeah, I think there are a lot of factors for sure. And I know there is a, this never-ending debate between nature and nurture. Right. Like a couple of those, like you said, genetics or environmental factors. Mm-hmm. I very, very much lean he- more heavily on the nurture side of things. And the reason why is because at the core, one of the most important things to understand is that when somebody struggles with addiction, whether it's with pornography, whether it's with alcohol or food or Facebook or like it, literally any any behavioral or substance addiction, it's almost always a result of them trying to cope with some like underlying negative emotion. Mm-hmm. And so if somebody is feeling overwhelmed or stressed or unworthy or inadequate or you know, lonely, whatever this uncomfortable emotion is, when they find something that they turn to, whether it's a substance or a behavior that relieves that pain or helps them get out of that pain, then it's like that the reward center in the brain emits dopamine and these feel good endorphins. So it feels good. And so when they go back to, you know, their real life or reality, or just when the, the endorphins fade, they feel bad again. And so then they learn, well, I'll go to this thing, substance or behavior, and I feel better. And then like the more you kind of loop in that pattern, the more it becomes an addiction. So I think while there is, you know, I think there can be a genetic component to it. Some people are more kind of predisposed. I think much more influential is environmental factors and that habit or pattern that's created as they're trying to just get away from pain. I agree, especially especially nowadays with it's just so accessible like sex and it's Everywhere. you see it on TV and ads yep. and everything. So the environmental factor is like a big component, I believe. Um, yep, I agree. So on your website, you have, you mentioned the DPAR method in regards to proving success in, into addiction. Can you um, explain what the DPAR method is? Yep. So I had a guest on who that was kind of his approach was to be able to identify what's going on there's a couple of, there's a handful of different steps and it's kind of all around the idea that you want to identify specifically what you're trying to get away from, mm-hmm. what negative emotion, what limiting belief do you have about yourself, be able to acknowledge that to then resist or work with the triggers to ultimately diffuse them so you can find that freedom. And so I think that's one of the most important things for people to understand is that unless like identifying what the triggers are and the root cause of what you're trying to get away from, if people don't do that, they're going to try all sorts of methods that don't work. They'll try willpower. They'll try filters on their phone. They'll try... uh, I I remember hearing somebody recommend putting a rubber band on your wrist. And every time you have a sexual thought, you like snap the rubber band. Oh, wow. And I I, I think that those are like surface level measures that don't address why there are these triggers for you. Right. And so I think it's critical for people to understand what specifically is driving their decisions to turn to pornography or sex or infidelity or, again, any other behavioral addiction. Like, what's the core reason that they're trying to get away from? Like, what are they escaping? Right. And once they can get clear about that, then they can identify a path forward. So, for instance, if somebody feels lonely or disconnected and they just kind of feel like they don't fit in, 
the need is acceptance, it's connection, it's to feel like they do have a place. And so the, the antidote isn't to just zone out and drink or drug or, you know, watch porn. It's you need to find a community and connect with actual people mm-hmm. to fill that need that you have. So, yeah, I think that method is all about identifying the reason why people are struggling and then taking the steps necessary to resolve it. Okay. I agree with that because, so for example, I'm, I'm in the military and I've been in 18 years. When I first joined, uh, you know, the younger younger guys just joined, they kind of gravitate to each other, want to hang out. And there's one one uh, individual in particular, and you can tell like by meeting him and talking to him, he was he was quite sheltered. And mm-hmm. never had a girlfriend, never had a girlfriend or anything like that. So every time he would be introduced to a, a a woman he's working with, or if the woman's starting to converse with him more often, he automatically thought the woman liked him or whatever. So uh-huh. he ended up getting an apartment. I, I would go to his apartment and I remember, I remember going into the bathroom one day and there was porn everywhere everywhere there was a portable dvd player sitting on top of the toilet if you open the cabinets up under the sink dvds of porn everywhere uh-huh. everywhere and he would just he was like yeah you know you have it on in the shower and then this that's this and to me it's like okay well he's i don't know just the thought of we were talking about in environmental influence and uh pre-existing conditions it's the fact that was he sheltered and is now in this big world of various cultures and and women and stuff like that. You think that contributed to or contributed to like his addiction into pornography or whatnot? Yeah, it's a good question. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good question. I think I think there's a natural curiosity that people have. Like Mm -hmm. most of the people that I work with, They'll tell me that they were initially exposed to pornography when they were like, so the average age of exposure, they say, is between nine and 11. Okay. And so sometimes people like, you know, I was working with somebody just last week. He said the first time he saw porn was like going through some construction site. Mm -hmm. He was was like a 10-year-old kid and found this little magazine. Yeah. And he was so curious about it. And he didn't really feel like he could talk to his parents about it. So he kept it all to himself. And a part of him was curious and excited. The other part of him started to feel like, nah, this is, is this wrong? I don't know what this is. Right. A 10 year old's brain is not wired to be exposed to the types of images that are available today. It's too, it's like kids cannot process that. So maybe with the person that you're referring to. Yeah. I think, uh, I'm not sure if he if he maybe didn't have anybody he can talk to and process that stuff with him, but there's a, mm-hmm. there is a natural curiosity and it is, does pull people in because that's an important part of who we are as people. We're sexual beings. Yeah. So we want to honor that, but doing it in this type of a way for so many people is destructive and they find that it just really does take away self-esteem. It takes away, uh, it, it can increase depression and anxiety and guilt and sadness. Mm-hmm. For other people, they don't have a problem with it. Um, there's no like... Again, there's there's two different camps. One camp says it's it's a you know it's a moral issue and you shouldn't do it because it's wrong and bad. The other camp says it's not a moral issue and adults can do whatever they want. Whatever camp you're in, there is research that talks about the effect that it has on somebody. The mind, when you're exposed to certain images, it shapes how your mind. Like for instance, many people after they watch pornography, they view women more as objects than they do as people. 
just because right. on the screen, that's what you're, you know, the content that you're consuming inevitably influences how you think and feel and see right. things. And so, yeah, with this person in the military, yeah, I think it's like, there's a natural curiosity there, but if it's, if it's not, if somebody doesn't teach them and help them understand the effect that it has and the influence that it can have on them, you know, the kids will take that, you know, kids will take that and they'll keep going back to it over and over again. And it really does develop into a habit. Right. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was pretty bad. <laughs> so, so I'm a fan of your, your, ever since I, I discovered you, I've been listening to your podcast, you. big fan Thank of the you. podcast, mm-hmm. favorite episode thus far is the, how to diffuse a, an argument before it even starts. <clears throat> so I actually listened to an episode. I'm, I've been going through all of them. I'm listening to all of them. However, what it kind of like, so I, I want to ask a question as well as like, it kind of irks me how it's like, you, it seems like the man, the, the male is always portrayed as the one with the addiction or the one addicted to pornography. And then it's how to cope with the, the lady. My question is, have you ever had a client or clients where the role was opposite, where it was the woman vice the male? So, yeah, on the podcast, for simplicity's sake, I always refer to the husband who's struggling and the wife who needs to have the, her trust rebuilt. Mm-hmm. But it definitely does occur where the roles are reversed, mm-hmm. where the woman struggles with addiction, the husband doesn't, and he feels a sense of betrayal. Right. Uh, the majority of people who do struggle, it's it's more men. Of course. So just again, course. for simplicity's sake, no, yeah, I just yeah. refer to it that way. Yeah. But only like, I think maybe only one time have I had a a couple where the wife struggled and the husband did not. Mm-hmm. Most people that reach out to me, it's the husband struggling. So again, just for simplicity's sake, I kind of just refer, refer to it that way. But all the tools and the, all that stuff works the same, right? The okay, strategies yeah. to heal and overcome it, all the same. But yeah, more men for sure. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and that's understandable. I just I just wanted to ask the question. And Yeah, yeah that's a good question. And I was going to ask um, if the tools were different. What about, um, so, you know, it's 2022 and people are their sexualities are different nowadays do you have you ever dealt with same-sex relationships and how is the 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 tools the same for that type vice a traditional heterosexual couple yeah great question yep so i have worked with same-sex couples before and the tools are literally the exact same which is good because the way that i think about it is as different as we all are as people we're all ultimately made of the same stuff yeah. We have the core, we have the same core needs, we have the same core longings, we have the same insecurities. They, they can be expressed in different ways. But yeah, at the core, we are, we're the same in terms of the needs that we have, though, there are lots of differences as human beings. Again, it's like we're made of the same stuff. Right. So the tools are the same, which is good, I think, for people to not feel like they have to learn, you know, a bunch of different ways to do this. And, you know, as unique as people are, the it's, there's a process and a path that helps people to get freedom by ultimately, again, addressing the reason why they're struggling in the first place. Right. So and um, on, a, on a podcast you were on, you mentioned that the, the main age range of the clients who are addicted to pornography is, I believe you said 40 is like the start around 40. Um, Most of the people I work with here yeah, are, are 40 and above, roughly. Okay. So that's predominantly your your age demographic of your clients. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people struggle for literally like years and years mm-hmm. and try to do it on their own. 
And then finally, it's like they reach this breaking point where they've been struggling for like 15 years. They're like, I can't figure this out. I can't do this right. by myself. So then they reach out. So they've become addicted earlier than 40, but they, for whatever reason, you know, it's it's difficult to reach out, which I understand. Right. It's hard. It's, you know, feels a lot of people have a lot of shame and embarrassment. But once they do, then they can actually deal with it and get it out of their lives. But yeah, most people struggle on their own for a long, long time. What are some like telltale signs of of a person who's addicted to pornography, but may not know that they're addicted to pornography? So some of the indicators, actually, let me, uh, let me start with saying it's all in a spectrum. Mm-hmm. So I kind of think about it like there's no use, like the absence of it, then use, misuse, abuse, dependence, addiction. Mm-hmm. So it can range from any, you know, any degree that somebody struggles with and like full blown addiction that's when people are like obsessively and compulsively seeking it and literally cannot stop. They spend hours and hours a day searching for material, thinking about stuff, um, like in the addiction cycle for most of the day, most of the time. It affects their finances, it affects their spirituality, it affects their self-esteem, their relationships, jobs, focus, school, concentration, like it has a significant effect in somebody's life. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people that I work with are not at the far end, this extreme uh, on the continuum of addiction, mm-hmm. somewhere in between. Like, okay. you know, it's, it's, it's something it's like this. It's either like this bad habit they want out of their life or it's like further on where they're seeking prostitutes and uh, multiple times a week. You know, it, it, it all definitely ranges. Right. And so I think one indicator, one thing that I would suggest that people consider is is this something that's affecting your life or some area of your life in a negative way? Whether it's relationships, whether it's focus and concentration or self-esteem or uh, you know any aspect of your life, is this something that's negatively affecting it? And if so, it's worth taking a look at and trying to figure out, okay, well, why do I keep going back to this? Even though I see it's affecting me negatively in these areas, what's driving this? You know, What's going on? It doesn't mean like you're, you're quote unquote somebody who's like, an addict or addicted, mm-hmm. but if it's on some spectrum of ah, this is not really working for me yet, I keep going back to it, you know, every so often. That's where I think it's worth examining. Okay, what's what's driving that? What's causing that? Okay, have you ever encountered um, any clients where the husband is the one into pornography and then introduces the wife, and they're both like addicted? Have you ever encountered that? Um. Usually people come in because the wife is so negatively affected by the husband's behavior. Mm-hmm. I've never seen it where he includes her and then she becomes addicted as well. Usually when the wife finds out, she's completely devastated mm-hmm. and she's shocked by what she's discovering and it really like redefines how she sees him. Right. She thinks to herself like he's been doing this for how long? Do I even know this person? And then they start to think about these memories of, well, we were on vacation. Was he looking at things at that point? Or what was happening at this point of you know our relationship? Right. I thought we were in a good place, but now I'm discovering all this stuff was going on. So usually they're really heartbroken by it because they take it. it it's, it's, it's such a sensitive and personal thing. And so it's, I've never seen it where both people, you know, uh, I, I've, I've worked with couples where both people um, view it. Yeah. But it's not because the one introduced it to the other. Sometimes people come in for different reasons. They might view pornography, but 
be having struggles with communication. Mm-hmm. And so if they say, well, no, we're fine here. We're both, you know, in agreement. We both are on the same page as pornography use and we're, we're good with it. Then we just focus on whatever it is that they're coming in for. All right. Which the communication reminds me of the, the podcast episode that you had, which was the diffusing an argument because it, it really touched bases with me in regards mm-hmm. to the example you use where the wife was talking to the husband who, and he got up and went to the pantry to grab something. And the wife was like, what are you doing? Uh-huh. <laughs> it, it resonated with me because sometimes my wife does it when she doesn't even realize it. And it's like, I'm talking to her and then she'll just go to my daughter like, hey, da-da-da-da. and I was like, uh-huh. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. So <laughs> it just it really resonates with me. Like some of the stuff you you uh, you put out in your podcast, I really enjoy it. So I, I really you. appreciate it. I want to let you know that. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I think yeah. so many couples... I know I kind of niche down and talk about how addiction influences the relationship, yep. but there are so many dynamics that we all have yeah. as you know, married or dating relationships that once you understand why people get into arguments and why people start to feel disconnected and why we have the same fights over and over again, once you identify those things and can and break those down, then like you can truly create a different relationship, whether or not pornography is affecting it negatively. Yeah. Relationships can change again once you get some tools to really uh, be able to communicate differently so you don't keep getting into the same fights. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, in regards to just anything that, that you're talking about uh, in regards to like couples, it's just, it's just great gems to use, regardless if you're if you're in a bad relationship or your relationship is great. It's just all the stuff you're putting out is just great for any couple out there. So I, I highly thank you very much. Yeah. yeah. I love it. It's, it's, uh, I've been, I've really enjoyed doing the podcast. It's fun. Uh, but again, like even working with people, just seeing the changes because on a podcast it's hard, right? Cause yeah. you don't see the, uh, there's no like dialogue where I can say something and they're like, Oh, that makes sense. And they can do yeah. it differently. And then you can see the shifts podcast. I'm just like looking at my microphone. Yeah. So I don't really know the, <laughs> you know, the effect that it's having until I get an email or like you're saying right now, listening right. to it and it's helpful. So yeah, it's been great. I love doing it. So when, for your clients, do people in this, like, is your main clientele ad- addicted to pornography or is it just couples healing in general? So we have two different, so we get probably like 150 calls a month and anybody who's not struggling with addiction, I've got a team who I usually just kind of refer the clients to. Okay. Uh, the people who, to, who I work with directly, it is mostly coming from my podcast. If they hear and go into my material and say like, this is really helpful. I want to get another layer of help. Then that's when they'll reach out to me. Okay. So me personally, I'll work with mostly addiction stuff. Um, I'll still work with marriage stuff as well, but a lot of those people, they'll go to somebody who's on my team. Okay. I didn't know. Uh, man, you're so silent. Business is booming for you. It's been super busy. <laughs> which, yeah. Yeah. We'd love to be able to help, but I know like there's a lot of people having a hard time. The pandemic was tough, I, you know, for a lot of people just right. feeling cooped up. And, you know, if, they're con- if there's conflict in the relationship, it's hard to avoid it, you know, because mm-hmm. you're in the same place now. Of course. So, yeah, people have, you know, I know people are having a hard time. So we're, we're, we're lucky to be in a place to help. Right on. How long have you been doing this, Sam? I graduated in 2013, so nine years now. Okay. All right. What is, I, without sharing, you know, client, counselor, privacy, what is like one of the craziest stories or something that Crazy. experiences <laughs> that you've heard that's just kind of uh, when you think about it, it's like, what? Wow. 
without you know. think yeah 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 let me think um i remember working with somebody one time he wasn't he was so i used to run groups mm-hmm. i my my whole uh, you know my mentality has changed over the years in terms of what i see most effective but in the past i used to run groups i don't i don't uh i haven't done a group in a while but i remember in the group the the guy who came in was struggling and he was addicted to sex and he mm-hmm. said that he had probably slept with like 200 women this was wow. like 2014 okay so i don't know where he is now <clears throat> i hope he's in a good spot now but Hopefully. he's like, he, like hundreds of women and he had this little game where he he wanted to see how few words he could say to somebody before he could get them to have sex with him. Mm-hmm. So he'd go to the mall. I remember this like this example sticking out of my mind. He'd go to the mall. This is one of the times where he's like, yeah, that like it took like seven words or like two sentences or something. He had this yeah. like little lingerie with him and he went up to a girl and he said, you'd look good in this. Let's go or something like that. Yeah. And then she's like, okay. And then they wow. went off and yeah, like, so he was like, he had this whole like spiel and had this whole process of trying to get women and I remember just listening to a story. I think like, man, this guy's he's in it pretty far. Right. And it was just, yeah, it was like talking to friends. They'd be like, man, that's so awesome. Like, you know, the attaboy is like, I can't oh, believe you're like sleeping with all many girls. Like, this yeah. is like, it's crazy. But like if on the inside, he was like, he felt super empty. Like it was right. not the lifestyle that he wanted to live. But that that story sticks out in particular just of how extreme and how like escalated it got. Right. So, yeah, that's not super common, but that that does happen for people. Now, did that individual like seek more guidance from you or did he just do the group and then that was it? Yeah, he was working with the college. So me and like three other therapists were running a group. So we all kind of traded off. But then he was working with my friend mm-hmm. who was doing individual therapy with him. OK, OK, well, hopefully he's he's in a better place. And um, I hope I know up to those old <laughs> antics. so what advice would you give to the listeners and viewers out there like with children like for me for example i have a 14 year old going on 15 and i have a 11 year old that'll be 12 this year and you know it's the it's the tiktok world the social media world what like me personally i limit their use their phone usage like because you you have to that's good yeah yeah you have to so yep. what advice would you give to the listeners out there not or uncertain of what to do in regards to preventing their children to being exposed to sexual yep anything it's a great question so because I you know you're further along I've got a six and a two-year-old mm-hmm. so there's a book that I recommend to parents that's phenomenal it's called good pictures bad pictures right And it helps parents know how to have conversations with their kids because inevitably, like it's a 100% certainty that our kids are going to get exposed to something. Right. Again, like I live in Las Vegas. You can't drive around the city without seeing some billboard or they have these trucks that drive by with these like massive pictures of girls in like bikinis and uh, these like strippers, like there, it's it's everywhere. Like mm-hmm. there's no way to avoid exposure, and you don't have to live in Las Vegas for that either, right? It's like you said, TikTok, social media, Instagram, yep. it's everywhere. So it's not a question of if; it's when they'll be exposed. And so, the best possible thing that parents can do 
is to have lots of conversations with their kids about it. I think the days of like the, you know, the, the birds and the bees talk, it's the one time, the big T talk. It's like, you're going to sit down and have this, like for me, it was like a sit down talk. It wasn't really that clear. I didn't really know what was going on. It happened literally one time and my parents never spoke of it again. Yeah. Literally never spoke of it again, like anything about that. And so anything that I learned was from other kids, which is not where you want to have our kid. You know, we don't want to have like the playground kids telling other kids all about that stuff. And so as parents, we have so much of an influence about how our kids, uh, like how our kids view sexuality. And so if it's some big, scary, taboo topic that parents aren't talking about, the kids then start to feel awkward and weird about it because the parents do. Right. But if the parents are just talking about it, like, again, our, we have a six-year-old. We're already starting to talk to her about, you know, in kid language, this is why the book is so helpful because mm-hmm. you want to do it at an age-appropriate level. And so for a six-year-old, we're talking her to her about like bodies are important and there are certain parts of the body that are private. Right. And the parts that swimsuits cover are private. And so just kind of laying the groundwork for if somebody shows you a picture and they're showing a part of the body that's covered by a swimsuit, you have, you know, you're not in trouble. Just come and tell mom and dad and we'll talk about it. So we're having lots of those conversations and sometimes we'll check in like, have you seen any of these pictures lately? She'll say, no, she hasn't yet. But there will be a day when she says yes. And then we're going to talk to her about how to respond. And we're prepping her on what to do when that happens. And so the most important thing that parents can do is to have those conversations and getting those types of resources to know because parents don't know, right? Yeah. That's, I think, why my my parents never talked about it because they had no idea what to say or do. But now there's so many good resources, that book being one of them, can that can help guide parents in knowing how to have those conversations because they're like, they're so, so important because we don't, again, we don't want TV or music to educate, educate our kids right. as, you know, we want to be the ones who are the, you know, the ones who can influence that the most. I agree. I agree. Cause growing up thinking my mother, I can't, I came from a, a single parent home and my mother was Filipino and she, okay. <laughs> she didn't, we didn't have that conversation <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> whatsoever uh, we and then there was just a, the general sex ed courses where they show you right the general this is the male this is a female yeah. and then, this is what happens if you, you know it, so right i think that communication aspect of it is is very important with your parents and, and children especially now because again the stuff yeah. that's available now is like it's insane the yeah. ty- like I'm on the newsletter. There's a, an organization. So there's a couple of organizations. One's called Operation Underground Railroad. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a movement created by this ex, I think he's either FBI or CIA. Mm-hmm. But he he started to, he was on this team helping people with human trafficking. So children okay. in, in sexual slavery. Yeah. And so he ultimately ends up quitting working for the government. And now he has a nonprofit where he goes into other countries. He'll go to like Haiti or uh, where are some recent, like he'll go to different countries to do these undercover sting operations. Mm-hmm. And so he'll present and pose as somebody who wants to, uh, wants to buy time with the child. And then the, mm-hmm. he's working with the local government. So they'll go in like, okay, how much? He'll pay him the money. As soon as they pay him, the cops bust in there because he's wired up, right? He's right. like got the, He's got a camera on him. He's got the microphone. The cops are in the front yard waiting for the transaction to happen. 
So like he's created this whole organization and movement to help stop and end this sexual slavery for kids. Mm -hmm. And I remember like through hearing his story and through seeing the work that he's doing, like there's so much of an influence for good, just like there is evil. Right. And so there's, there's just a ton of good ways for people to raise awareness, whether it's contributing money or whether it's um, raising awareness just by like spreading things on social media the more awareness that we have, the easier it is to tackle this. Cause again, it's such a, such a big problem that most people are unaware of, right? We don't, we, yeah. since it's not in our face, we're just like, okay, yeah, I'm sure this happened somewhere, but like to see the extent of it. So anyways, the reason why I brought up that guy's story, I was, I'm on his email thread and he talked about how very, very quickly he said there was a, a friend of his that had got his mom's cell phone he was just kind of swiping around, going on the internet. Like within like three minutes, he was on this hardcore graphic pornographic site. Wow. And the kid, like super young, he's like a 10-year-old kid. But just by accessing his mom's phone a couple clicks away, you have access to so much stuff that Man. kids, again, yeah. are just not ready for. So I think having those conversations and prepping them for when that happens, it's, yeah, like there's no other way to do it. Agreed. Agreed. Wow. Well, Sam, just... My questions kind of blew by. We kind of blew through the topics. I'm kind of, uh, I think we've covered everything I wanted to, to, to talk about. I right. appreciate your time. Where can um, anyone find you for, for more guidance or if they're battling the, the addiction themselves? Yeah, good question. So I've got a website with a bunch of free resources on there. I've got my podcast. I've got a course for couples. I've got some tools for the guys who are struggling or, or girls. Uh, but the, the website's coupleshealing.org. And so you can just hop on there and you've got access to all that stuff. And if you're interested, you can take a look around and listen to the podcast and get some help. Um, but it's a pleasure to be on here. I really appreciate yeah. this. It's awesome to, to be Pleasure's here and talk mine. to you about this. Yeah. Pleasure's all mine. I, I, I appreciate everything you do. Just The information is just so enlightening and it, it helps. Like like I said, it helped. Like me, my, me and my wife were fine. Everything's good. Sure. But yep. just even the listening to your podcast, just the information you put out, you can always add that to your toolbox and, and do something and just make things even better. Well, thank yeah. you. No, again, yeah. it's a pleasure to be here. It's uh, I always love talking about this and giving tools to help people. So thank you for having me. Of course. Pleasure's on mine. Well, what's the name of your podcast? It's called Couples Healing from Pornography Addiction. There it is. Couples Healing from Pornogra- Pornography Addiction yep. with uh, Mr. Sam Tielemans. Sure. Awesome. Well, Sam, thank you for your time. It was a pleasure. I appreciate everything you do, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot, Rob. Appreciate All it. Right. Thank you, Sam. And there you have it, folks. That was my episode with Mr. Sam Tillemans. We went over um, pornographic addiction and couples healing, you know. Sam, very, very bright man. We learned a lot from him. It was, you know, it's just an interesting, interesting, interesting field of work, like a field or area of expertise. You know, not many people, if any other people, I have never heard of anybody um, specializing in pornographic addiction. So that's why we had to get Sam on here. Sam, thank you for taking the time out to come on the show and you know just go over the field and what you and your team are doing to help people 
you know, get over or overcome, you know, the, the troubles they have in regards to addiction. Addiction is a serious thing, a serious, serious mental issue. And, uh, you know, more people out there who can help others overcome those issues, you know, it's, it's just it's great regardless of what the addiction is. So, you know, Sam went over, you know, the aspects and and the roots and some of the triggers. So I hope you all listening out there enjoyed the episode. If you want, um, I highly suggest listening to Sam's podcast, which is titled Couples Healing from Porn Addiction. I listen to it on a on a regular basis. Every time he drops a new episode, I listen to it because it it doesn't just cover pornographic addiction. It, it covers um, it covers he, couples and like how to prevent stuff and how do you how do you make yourself better? For example, if there's episodes in regards to self or self worth, excuse me, and you know how you can if for those of you out there not really strong on self-worth or whatever the case may be there's an episode that he covers self-worth and how you can start working towards bettering yourself your self-worth and have a better understanding of it there's um episodes regarding couples and just how you can prevent an argument how to better understand your partner if your partner's doing this, um, if you're feeling shame of about a certain thing, I highly suggest listening to Sam's podcast. It's very enlightening. Great tips for you to apply to your everyday life. And like I said, it's not just specifically about pornographic addiction. It's just everyday tips to help you as a person, individual, help you in your relationships, etc etc so make sure you check out the podcast couples healing from porn addiction if you want to follow sam on instagram you can follow him at healing couples solutions and then if you are in (laughs) you if you're in the greater las vegas area you can be seen by him and his team um by checking them out on the website their website it's coupleshealing.org and even if you're not in the greater Los Angeles area, go to coupleshealing.org. There's a lot of initial baseline tips on there that he gives out. And then to help, like, you know, help you out in regards to whatever you're, you're dealing with. And then if you want more in-depth uh, help, then you can contact Sam and his team who are based out of Las Vegas, Nevada. So those out there in Las Vegas seeking some help in regards to pornographic addiction or couples healing in regards to the trauma that stems from some sort of addiction or whatever the case may be, reach out to Sam Tillemans and his team out there in Las Vegas. But for those of you tuning in right now, I hope you all enjoyed the show. I appreciate you for taking the time out and listening to it. I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful lover's day lover's season whatever the case may be but remember what i said man you don't need to emphasize your love and passion for your significant other or your partner just because it's this time of the year do it on an everyday basis you know show them how much you love that person 
or show how much love you have for that person because you know time our time here isn't isn't everlasting it's not here it's not we're not gonna be here forever so you never know what can happen so enjoy that person in that moment as well as yourself enjoy yourself you know you you are you people love you regardless if you realize that regardless if you don't think people love you there's a there are people out there who love you and if you weren't around or whatever the case may be a lot of people would be hurt so self-worth is a big thing make sure you love yourself learn to love yourself and if you don't know how to reach out get the help to do so you know everybody's wonderful everybody's extraordinary it's just you got to find it within yourself you got to see it within yourself but enough of that thank you again for listening to the episode this is homie west coast rob signing out episode 25 25 down i was gonna do a uh i you know i'm not even gonna say it because i didn't do it and then people are gonna be like man why didn't you do it but anyways maybe on episode 50 i'm gonna do a giveaway or something like that but uh Anyways, thank you for tuning in. Make sure you follow Sam at all the aforementioned links that I dropped. If you haven't already, go to Instagram and follow the podcast at Yadat Podcast, one word. You can follow me on Twitter at West Coast underscore Rob. And then go to YouTube and subscribe. YouTube.com slash West Coast Rob. And you'll see the video footage of the episodes as they are uploaded there's vlogs on there and stuff too i mean but uh yeah i appreciate the support thank you so much tell your friends about the podcast spread the word and thank you again but uh signing out now love y'all appreciate you so much Tommy west coast rob signing out thank you for listening yeah that Thank you.